Okay, I'm 840 here. So why are we glorifying the mentally ill and the criminally inclined? Like after the LA riots, we, we, we changed the verbiage in the news media. These were somehow heroic figures fighting oppression. So with Black Lives Matter, right, we've got a terrorist organization that uh, you know, we've reframed as fighting for, fighting for equal rights. And I mean, they, they held America hostage, all right? They disrupted lives for millions and millions of people. They made millions of people feel unsafe. They, they burned down entire neighborhoods and we're calling these mentally ill, criminally inclined people, you know, they're, they're our new moral superiors. And there's this trend in the media where they keep glorifying the mentally ill. So I'm looking at a Washington Post story right now. Respiratory therapists fought on COVID's front lines. The last wave break him, broke him. No, the last wave didn't broke him, break him. This guy is mentally ill. All right? And uh, your, your mental health is basically measured by how much stress you can handle before you lash out your, at yourself or others. Like, if you commit suicide because you're a doctor or a respiratory therapist and a lot of people are dying of, of COVID, you're mentally ill. It's not COVID, right? Reality is, you can either have a positive relationship with reality or you can just fight reality. So here's a story in the Washington Post and it just symbolizes how we're just glorifying the mentally ill. Like people who, who, who complain a lot, right? They get op-eds about, you know, white people are touching their hair or, you know, they're being oppressed by systemic racism, right? And so we are rewarding the mentally ill, the complainers, the whingers, the whiners, the criminally inclined, the no-hopers, the unproductive, the antisocial, the borderline personalities. So here's the Washington Post story. Respiratory therapist Alva Daniels fought in COVID hotspots throughout the pandemic, but it was only in recent months that the strain began to show. He started calling his wife from the hotel bathroom crying when he lost a patient. We can't save them all. All we do is bag him and tag him, he told a friend. He wasn't crying because he lost a patient. He was crying because he was mentally unstable, right? You have a job to do. You chose to become a respiratory therapist. When you choose to do that sort of work, some patients die, whether we have COVID or not COVID. Then as coronavirus cases fueled by the Delta variant rose over the summer, he told his wife, things are getting bad again. We don't have enough people to fight it. If something happens to me, if I die, I want to be buried next to my mom. Look, we don't have enough resources to fight everything completely and perfectly, right? If you want to fight climate change or fight you know, sexual discrimination or fight littering, or fight traffic congestion, or fight dirty air or dirty water. Every social problem, we don't have enough resources to perfectly, completely, fully tackle it. And that goes for coronavirus, or diabetes, or AIDS, or testicular cancer. Whatever it is, we're never going to have you know, the perfect amount of resources that you want to like fully tackle a problem. Alicia McAllister Daniels, a nurse, Thought her husband was talking about a breakthrough case of COVID-19. Said Daniels, 38, died by suicide just five days later. Now, normally journalists don't write about suicides because by giving this guy publicity, you're encouraging suicides. So I remember my journalism instructor, Robert Burge, at Plaster High School. He was going to go into journalism, but he went out on a story for the Auburn Journal, and it turned out to be a suicide. And some guy's you know, brains and blood and gore were just splattered all over the the wall and he decided, you know, I want to be a teacher, a journalism teacher, I don't want to be a professional journalist. So normally the norm in journalism is you don't publicize suicides because you're just encouraging that sort of behavior. But here's the Washington Post glorifying 
this suicide story, this, this mentally ill man who takes his own life because there are a lot of COVID cases. Right? You chose to become a respiratory therapist. All right? You chose a profession where people die. Right? People die. And this is what the life you chose, and you can't handle it. You kill yourself. So your mental illness is now being glorified as somehow something heroic. So he died by suicide. Five days later, his body found in a wooded area near the apartment in Fredericksburg where he was living while on a travel assignment. As the Omicron variant threatens to bring a punishing fifth wave this winter, look, tens of thousands of health professionals are working with Omicron and Delta and other diseases, and they're not offing themselves. Right? You off yourself because you have a job to do, and it seems like a tough job, and you chose to work a job where people die and then you offer yourself that's on you that's not because of covid right so we have all these whiners and complainers that we're glorifying whether it's you know they're, they're oppressed by systemic racism or systemic sexism or you know people aren't taking their vaccines and so they're getting sick and look you choose to offer yourself that's on you that's not on anyone else you get offended by my live stream and you go kill yourself that's on you that's not my responsibility right you read a book that I mentioned on a live stream and that takes you off in a radical new direction where you destroy your life, that's on you, right? You can't handle some book I recommend. You can't handle some video that I share. You can't handle some piece of information that you glean from this live stream. That's on you. Like a healthy, responsible adult is able to deal with turbulence without lashing out at himself or at other people. Right, the country faces an unprecedented mental health crisis brought on by the nearly two-year pandemic. Do, do we really? How do you know? Like, what, what constitutes a mental health crisis? Uh, did suicides go up dramatically during COVID? Like, what's, what's the empirical evidence? Hospitals and... You can't handle the truth. Hospitals and healthcare facilities are woefully understaffed. What profession doesn't think it's woefully understaffed? Workers, generally speaking, want to do as little as possible. Right now, I'm being paid to work at a garden center. And what am I doing? I'm live streaming. All right, I'm a typical worker. I try to get away with as much as possible while exacting as much money as possible from an employer. Typical employer wants to exact as much work as possible from an employee while paying them as little as possible. These are the dynamics. So whinges and whiners, oh, we're understaffed, we're, we're overworked. Well, people want to do as little work as possible. That's the typical worker. You know, why are we glorifying these people when they then go off themselves? And workers, emotionally battered, burned out, and suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder are leaving the field in droves. Emotionally battered and burned out and suffering from PTSD is not even real. I mean, it's not in the way it's talked about. Yeah, I'm sure after certain traumas, people have certain bad effects, but almost everyone recovers in time. If you don't recover from your trauma, then there's something else going on and, and you need to get help. But just because you're working in healthcare under COVID and you're feeling emotionally battered and burned out and suffering from PTSD, that's about you, right? There are tens of thousands of healthcare workers who are just doing their jobs, right? They're just battling Aussies, little Aussie battlers. They're doing their jobs, right? What's wrong with just doing your job? Why do you have to go commit suicide and get all dramatic about it? It's like, oh, I'm emotionally battered because I've got a job to do and my job right now is really busy, right? Efforts to help them have taken on a new urgency. Look, why did you get into the healthcare field, right? 
if you can't handle doing your job, there's something wrong with you. Right? Efforts to help them have taken on a new urgency, with Congress expected to pass landmark legislation in coming weeks aimed at reducing and preventing suicide and burnout. Look, the way you prevent suicide and uh, burnout is that you get emotionally and spiritually healthy. You get centered. You have friends, right? The best way to handle burnout is you have friends. The best way to handle inflation is you have friends. The best way to handle an earthquake is you have friends and community, right? The best way to deal with COVID is you have friends and community. The best way to handle losing a job is you have friends and community. The best way to handle a bad case of food poisoning is you have friends and community, right? We need other people and when we have other people that we can be honest with and share what's going on in our life, then we don't get burned out nearly as easily. We don't feel emotionally battered by the responsibilities that come with doing the job that we signed up for. Right? This is the life that these people chose. And Congress is not going to reduce and prevent. Right? This idea that Congress is going to prevent suicide and burnout, if you're burning out, that's on you. That's the choices you're making. There's something wrong. You don't have an adequate support system. You don't have friends. You don't have community. You don't have discipline. You're not able to say no. Right? People will impose on you. People will take everything they can from you. If you can't say no, if you can't set limits, all right, if you can't take care of yourself, that's on you. You need a new way of approaching life. You can't expect Congress to come in and bail you out because you can't say no, because you can't set limits, because you don't have friends, because you don't have community, because you're not mentally health healthy. Alva was an easygoing guy who liked nothing better than strumming his guitar by campfire. This is crazy. Why are we, we glorifying some dude who committed suicide because he had a job to do? And it was a difficult job. He was used to working under pressure. Before the pandemic, he'd worked on a transport team. Let's make a reality show where I move out to L.A. and you help me fix my life. <laughs> Maybe you'll have to move out to, to Sydney. So I did have a strong reaction to the booster shot. I was under the weather for two days, not so under the weather that I couldn't work, but I didn't, didn't leave the house. So I was just uh, mildly ill for a couple of days, and then boom, it just left. And after the second vaccine shot, I felt mildly ill for an evening. I got the shakes, right? But either was too, too bad. His death shocked his large community of friends, wondering if they could have done more, if there were warning signs that they, they missed. Look, we can help other people. We can have an influence on them. But if people insist on going on a self-destructive path, that's on them. That, that's not on us. I should be a newlywed, Alicia said. Now I'm a widow. Right, well, you chose someone who's mentally ill, right? You pay a price when you bring mentally ill people into your life. And this idea that congressional legislation can prevent suicide, can, pre can prevent people from feeling emotionally stepped upon, emotionally battered, uh, burned out from doing their jobs, that's absurd. Government is not going to save you from feeling burned out or emotionally battered or suicidal, right? You have to get together. You have to get it together, right? If you're feeling battered and burned out and, and suicidal and PTSD, there's something wrong with the way you're approaching life. You don't have a positive relationship with reality. What's my attitude to suicide? I despise suicide in most cases. Right? I despise suicide. I despise the people who, who off themselves. I, Generally speaking, I don't have sympathy for them. I don't believe in glorifying them. I don't believe in making Netflix shows about them. 
I, I don't believe on putting them up on pedestals. I don't believe the, the attitude that, oh, they're just more emotionally sensitive to life and, you know, therefore they have a hard time with reality and, and this just shows what a great, great soul they have. In most cases, I'm opposed to suicide. In, in some cases, I'm, I'm less opposed. Right. So in New South Wales, they, they recently passed right-to-die legislation. So I'm, I'm not a fan of, of right-to-die legislation. On the other hand, I don't, don't stay awake at night you know, worrying about it. So this wife, she managed to staff 180 nurses, right? That was her job. One of our most fundamental rights. I don't know. I'm not a big, you know, rights guy. Like, I, I like having rights. I, I like that liberal democracy um, has, has rights, but it's not the primary lens through which I view the world. So the classical liberal lens is that we were born into the world with certain fundamental rights, such as, you know, freedom of association or freedom of speech or freedom to own property or as you're saying, you know, freedom to take your own life. That's not how I view the world. I view the world as we are born into a tribe, right? And whatever rights that we can be afforded by our tribe are going to depend on circumstances. And with the rights come obligations. So rights are nice. I like living in a, in a liberal democracy, but, uh, but I think much more in terms of nation, nation, tribe. We have reciprocal obligations with other people and whatever rights that we can we can we can be afforded will depend upon circumstances so in very difficult circumstances in life and death circumstances we'll have fewer rights than than uh, under prosperous safe circumstances grief yoga so his wife was into grief yoga and i'm sure grief yoga helps some people so part of her therapy plan is to get some tattoos Right? This is insane. Part of my therapy plan is to get some tattoos and have somebody inflict physical pain on me so I'm not in emotional pain. So these are two very troubled souls. Right? This idea that you're going to get tattoos and have someone inflict physical pain on you and this is going to, be, it's going to help you heal from emotional pain, I think that's quite dysfunctional. Right? So now it makes more and more sense why this person was so troubled. Right? Troubled people tend to find each other. Like whoever you are, it's reflected by the people you hang out with. So here she met this guy over a decade ago when she was an intensive care nurse. He was a newly minted pediatric respiratory therapist that later joined the high-flying transport team. Yeah, sounds good, but when the, when the chips are down, you couldn't handle it. She was divorced. All right, another sign of instability. Six years older. Okay, this is a guy who married a woman six years older than him. Right, this is quite weird. So why are we venerating and putting on a pedestal these, these troubled souls? Right, if we're going to have uh, Washington Post articles now venerating people who you know, are driven crazy by traffic so that they lash out and start shooting people. Right, your maturity level, your sense of adulthood is measured by your ability to handle turbulence without lashing out at yourself and others. And so we just have this slew of op-eds and glorification of these you know, troubled, sick, criminally inclined, batty people who just love the notion that they're victims, just racing towards and embracing 
you know, this, this argument that they're victims. And uh, I think we should be venerating that. Certainly not part of the Australian ethic. It's not part of the stoical ethic. It's not part of the, really the part of the Christian or the Jewish ethic. I mean, there are victims, and certain people deserve compassion. But by definition, compassion has to be doled out selectively. If you're equally compassionate to everyone, you're not really compassionate. So I think we should stop venerating the ill, the criminally inclined, and the antisocial.